Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing condiments. Nick, I believe you've got a chutney-related anecdote to regale us with. Not really an anecdote, but a chutney chutney problem, nevertheless. I'm sure it's common to a lot of blokes in their 30s and 40s. Um, and it's, uh, it it's everyone, the problem. It does, yeah, which is that at Christmas, relatives give you chutney. Sometimes it's chutney they've made, sometimes they've bought it from a shop. But for some reason, I think I'm bracketed as a sort of chutney fan. I'm, I'm, I'm seen as the kind of person who likes chutney, and that's right, I am. I mean, I like, I like chutney. Often people get me chilli-flavoured chutneys. Um, but, you know, the point is that the supply of chutney in general, vastly exceeds any reasonable demand. And with the result, I end up with a you know, gradually growing pool of chutney. Uh, and you have to literally look for excuses to get rid of it. You've got to invite people over to eat cheese just so you can get rid of some of the chutney. And um, anyway, it got me thinking, well, where, did, where does the idea of chutney come from? And, but also like condiments in general. So why have we fixated on the condiments that we have? For example, chutney is clearly a thing. I know it's a way of pre- preserving vegetables, but uh, you know, there's lots of things you could give people, um, uh, lots of different ways of doing that. Uh, and then, and then, you know, why why have we got, uh, for example, salt and pepper? Why, why is that? Why do we get salt and pepper on the on the uh, on our on our tables, but not you know cumin and and nutmeg? Um, so yeah, the j- whole question of of condiments. Why why have we got the ones we've got, and what does it tell us about us and uh, yeah. as a species? Sure. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say with the, with the chutney, really, we should just get it in sort of uh, receptacles that are about a quarter the size that we actually do get it in, but then that would make it sort of fairly pointless for the people making the chutney, even if it's just your grandma sort of making it, because, yeah, she's got to do something with all those pickles or whatever. But, um, yeah, uh, I think the second question is more interesting than the first question. But anyway, uh, Chris? Well, I was just I was just going to say, as Nick alluded to, you know, the the, the reason, the original reason for, for condiments uh, is, you know, preservation. Stop babies. Stop, stop babies, that's right, yes um to pre- to pre- preserve food stuff so you know con- condiment comes from uh the the latin condire to uh to pickle and you know pickling was obviously a preservative process sauce is is derived from uh um salt saltiness the latin for saltiness uh and um again uh you know that was originally a preservative but obviously they've evolved into reflecting um our you know our individual tastes so and what i think is particularly illustrative or insightful about condiments is that um they are external to the meal themselves right so you you know the the chef or whoever prepares the meal and brings something along to you but the one the one part of the meal that you have autonomy over is the condiments it's like your ability to to individually tailor the meal to your to your taste and that's why i think people people are um you know are are sort of quite emotional about condiments often and and you know what that what they what they want and they get quite attached to particular condiments yeah my daughter's um, really attached to tomato ketchup yeah she'll put that on anything well i mean that's another why is tomato ketchup the king of the condiments why is why is that everywhere i mean why not 
you know, HP source? Why did ketchup win? Do you know? Do you know where where um, ketchup comes from? It sounds Indonesian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, indirectly. So I think it was originally a Chinese fish sauce that then spread to Malaysia and Indonesia. Um, and uh, yeah, and and had no tomatoes in. Interestingly, no. And in fact, I think ketchup just means that you can get that, you know, mushroom ketchup, which I see occasionally. Yeah, as a thing. So look, let's try and focus yeah. this, and we're going to come on to Peter. But 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 let's sort of take stock here. So if we if we're talking UK, the condiments that we'd most commonly see on the table, we're talking um, salt and pepper. Um, maybe some some tomato ketchup. Well, I think vinegar is the most. And is vinegar. it quite a UK kind of specific thing? I think vinegar is less salt and pepper. You're going to see in a lot of places. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. I mean, if you're not as well travelled as me, so you might not know that salt and pepper is quite common. Yeah, but vinegar is a bit unusual. It's unusual. You don't. I mean, you don't get vinegar as standard in the states, for example. Mustard, you do, of course, very popular in Central Europe. What is? Mustard is a condiment that you would, yeah, you wouldn't, you would, you would sometimes get it in restaurants here, but you definitely get it ubiquitous in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. And in I, France. I, I, I never really bothered with mustard until I was living in Germany for a short while, and then I saw what it was all about. I thought, yes, that's what my sausage needs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Peter, wade in for us. Well, um, well, maybe I, on this area of what's normal, what sort of. Well, I have no problem with my chutney. I mean, I, think, I love chutney, but I don't have Nick's problem of having too much of it. So. Uh, um, if anyone's got any spare chutney, I'll have Nick's to take got it. some have... chutney trade in the offing. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I uh, yeah, but I th- there are some interesting cultural things which we, we sort of touched on. Why is it that certain cultures have certain condiments and others don't as much? But I, mean, I think the, the boring answer is probably that certain additional flavours to suit 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 particular cuisine. So mm. um, ketchup uh, and mayo go well with chips generally and um whereas cumin you know in cultures that eat less chips then you probably find less ketchup and mayo i don't know maybe um yeah cumin if you've got if you eat beans you know like in the middle east you have some sort of bean based dish i think that's where your cumin comes into its own yeah so you don't put ketchup on beans to do with to do with complementing the substrate of the meal um different condiments but what i think is interesting if you consider chips chips pretty universal you can go anywhere in the world and get chips um and given that we're all biologically pretty similar Mm. um there must be an optimal flavor combination of chips plus some condiment there must be an optimum condiment for chips but yet we still different cultures have different condiments on offer um, so you, Belgium and France places, you probably have mayonnaise and pepper with your chips rather than ketchup and vinegar. Um, that, that's a very sort of American and uh, British thing to have ketchup. Mm. So, but what, so why is that? I mean, and, and which is better? Uh, yeah, and I think because the, there are costs in uh, to sort of di- diversifying, it's kind of costly to have uh, different condiments in every restaurant, for example, simply because you know take a chef who's trained to adjust for the fact that people have salt and pepper and put him somewhere where people have got control of their own chili and uh, and parmesan and and you know he's going to be completely thrown but then of course you know the specialized the fact that we can mass produce salt and pepper because we know everyone wants them is is cheaper so there's reasons why you would expect to find the same sorts of condiments everywhere but the but the question is why those ones you know and i think in the case of salt i mean there's a fairly universal answer for salt which is that it makes things taste Nicer. Nice and salty. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, in th- uh, I think what salt does is it suppresses bitterness, yeah. so so that's why salty food tastes nice. But of course, there's a limit. I mean, what you, the question is, why don't chefs just do that? Right, the chefs should be adding the salt. And I think these days, it's uh, actually in a lot of restaurants you don't get salt and pepper. 
Yeah, it's just so no, it's not. Right. It's, it's chefs, being yeah. chefs are sniff. They 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 don't like the um uh, the diner to have uh, autonomy over. Yeah, over exactly. The dish. And now the question is whether or not we. But Peter's right in the sense that there are you know people have different tastes. We have different tastes for perhaps historical reasons. So apparently pepper. I didn't know this, but apparently pepper is uh was sort of popularized by Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King. Uh, because he, it was believed to be the only spice that didn't change the flavour of the food, so it was allowed. It was a sort of noble spice. Now we may not agree with Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, but would have but, been beheaded uh, if we did. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so and, uh, and so apparently that was the one reason for the popularity of pepper. And, uh, so it had, uh, you know, purely historical accident has seen pepper on the table of every house in Britain. Um, had Louis the Fourteenth had a similar feeling about, um, you know, five spice could be a different story but or see, soy sauce. So so. Uh, you, you know, like ketchup, you mentioned your daughter's ketchup addiction. And, uh, you know, it's obviously the the kind of number one source that you would think of, particularly in the, the you know, the Anglo-Saxon world. Um, but Heinz started out making horseradish, right? Now, horseradish, much more kind of, I mean, my wife loves horseradish, but I'm not a, not a big fan. It's, mu- it's much more niche taste and, and doesn't... Uh, isn't as universal you know in its in its application to foodstuffs um so there's obviously something about ketchup vice uh horseradish that means that was a commercially successful you know um uh, option and and you know um what what is it that makes ketchup much uh better selling than horseradish and i think here we we're basically is a question of how much faith we should put in postmodernism um, a postmodernist approach to condiments would see their adoption as purely a matter of historical narratives, uh, you know, of, 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 well, the reason we've got ketchup uh, is because of, you know, American kind of a American cultural hegemony imperialism, and imperialism yeah. uh, versus the sort of, uh, if you like, the kind of um, neoclassical kind of approach, which would say, well, we, we have those condiments because they're nice, because they work best. Um, I don't really know. I, I feel like where, where we've ended up is is a sort of compromise between the two. No, I mean, clearly, both, salt it? and yeah. pepper is 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 better than you know battery acid and uh, and and um, y- you know yak's milk. But uh, not if you're Mongolian, maybe except for the battery acid bit. Um, but I'm not convinced it's the best. And I and I, so I, I was having a look in, uh, at different condiments according to CNN. There are 32 condiments. 32 that CNN can't live without. CNN travel, right? 32 condiments we can't live without. And these include gochujang, datuputi vinegar, and lingonberry jam. Yeah, so no. I can only assume that CNN people who work for CNN travel are permanently in intensive care <laughs> when they can't, they literally can't live without these condiments. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I'm a bit more easygoing than that. But I, I think the, you know, I would like to see more chili sauce, for example. Okay. And I think if it wasn't culturally uh, insensitive, I would ca- probably carry my own sort of condiments with me. I'd, I'd, I'd have the ones that I like, which particularly, well, like one thing I discovered in Austria, which was table se- liquid seasoning, which is a bit like soy sauce, but tastes different. Yeah, I'd never um, heard of this. You mentioned yeah. It's great stuff, yeah. So they, they, you get that on to the tables of, so it's of kind cafes of liquid in salt, Austria. It's more, li- it's, more, it's more like soy sauce, but it doesn't taste like soy sauce. Uh, it's kind of almost meatier. Um, so yeah, I would I would probably have a bottle of that and a bottle of really hot chili sauce because nothing is ever spicy enough for me. But okay. uh, would you yeah. also take your baked beans away and 
in the rare yeah, occasions you leave the M25 in, 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 a, yeah. in a suitcase full of baked beans when you go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, look let's... Because um... the baked beans in Norfolk don't taste like they do in London. That is well, <laughs> widely acknowledged. They don't travel baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we could carry on sort of at a macro level, but I think it's possibly more interesting to talk this about at a micro level, which we've just started going into there. Um, Chris... Your well, I was just going to say, I, 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 you know, I think there's a case to be made for condiments actually ref- being reflective of of culture. So if you think of, you know, Mexican salsa or something and, and you think of, uh, you know, it being reflective of an exuberant kind of colourful culture, if, you, you know, you think of um, uh, Americans and, and ketchup and you think about it being sort of um feeding a sugar dependency uh, yeah well it being yes very sweet but also Bright, brightly colored sort of artificial brightly gooey, colored in a way, but, but a kind of mass mass produced very successful um but maybe lacking a little bit of refinement in taste mm. dare i say mm. accessible uh, highly accessible, accessible yeah, yeah exactly um you know you, you think of um italians and uh and the use of uh, lots of oil, for example, and their slightly, you know, mercurial nature. You know, um, <laughs> Br- Brits, Brits, and, and and they're cheesy, of course. Well, yeah. Italians yeah. are yeah. widely acknowledged. Brits, Brits yeah. old-fashioned bitterness yeah. and horseradish sauce, and yeah or, yeah, or or gravy, kind of, you know, stolid. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort a brown. Of I think like brown sauce, but which actually, I would argue brown sauce is a very British sort of a sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's a really not very showy. I think one of the reasons we feel affectionate about brown sauce is it doesn't make a big deal of it. Yeah, yeah. It's extremely tasty. I love brown sauce. Which actually, by it's... the way, my father-in-law from Brazil visiting us in the UK once horrified me by putting um, HP sauce on some salad. I was like, what the hell are you doing? But he thought yeah. it, was, it was perfectly nice and normal to him. But actually, something you were saying there, uh, Chris, about cultural differences. One thing, I have, I have a theory and one thing I think I've noticed is that in countries which until relatively recently were didn't have such a high level of development or or let's say access to, to certain condiments now just go crazy for them. So for example, something I've noticed in Poland is they just go nuts for for ketchup and they will just smother everything in I mean just you wouldn't believe what they put that on. So they'll just bit of bit of cheese and bread, well that's obviously missing some ketchup and they chuck and they smother it. And they do that a lot in Poland and they do that a lot in Brazil. And so I have a theory about, you know, they didn't have access to this stuff. Now they do. Now they go for it. Um, making up for lost time under yeah, the yeah. oppressive yeah, Soviet, over their Soviet Republic. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um so, so look- just uh while we're on condiment trends, um something I decry, which mm. is uh sachets right they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're almost ubiquitous now they're never enough and they never open properly it's a good example of Bad something a bit like a bit like hand dryers or those push down taps which are you know a technological improvement that's definitely worse um i i cannot remember the last time i went into a cafe and saw a bottle of ketchup shaped like a tomato and i love that yeah. those things yeah, you never get enough sauce. I don't know what the point, you know, because on one hand you think, well, maybe they're afraid that people will waste sauce if it comes in bottles. But how many times do you see people throwing out those sachets? I don't think it's a waste thing. I think it's a health and safety thing. So you can guarantee that it's going to be unsullied. And it means that you don't have to go around cleaning and emptying all the bottles every yeah, I mean, I think cafes should be judged by the um, quality of their, their condiment provision. Um, I think that's a key indicator. Yeah. We need to tell TripAdvisor about that. Yeah. Well, look, we're slightly meandering. I want to bring this home a little bit. Uh, Peter, favourite condiment, condiment you can do without? Uh, I Like Nick, I do like chilli sauce as a condiment. Um, 
But actually, I think mayonnaise and and mayonnaise like things like hollandaise sauce, sort of cheesy, high fat sauces. I'd much rather have um, uh, hollandaise or bearnaise with my steak than I would okay. have uh, 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 pepper sauce. I find yeah mayonnaise. I just find it a bit queasy makes me feel a bit queasy um but um so chili especially if it's just come out of a, an old jar that your gran keeps in the cupboard <laughs> yeah not in the fridge in the cupboard yeah and it's got that slightly translucent on the top yeah but then the person who's using it st- just stirs that in oh no yeah. if, it's only, a bit like if sa- only she kept sachets it's a bit yeah. like that salad cream i can't, I can't yeah. stand salad cream because it tastes like gone off mayonnaise to yeah, me. yeah yeah uh chris your condiment of choice uh well two i would say um uh, german sweet mustard so susenf um is is lovely we don't get it over here which is a shame and then the other one that uh i like is maple syrup on um on savory breakfast items salty savory breakfast items a real revelation it's also quite difficult to get in suitable quantities it's quite expensive so if any listeners want to send us some would be great yeah well we had uh, i made i made american pancakes on uh, on saturday morning with with bacon and bananas and yeah we had ros got some uh, some um uh, maple syrup for christmas so it was really an excuse to eat maple syrup mm, so yeah. i totally agree but over yeah. bacon and, and, and on your eggs as well on the yeah. eggs yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, we've got yours, which is chili. Or yeah, although it's not there's not one chili sauce to rule them all. To be honest, I go through phases, you know, and um, it's generally I like to have different ones. So uh, yeah, you know, at the moment I got a um I, when I was uh, when I was in Portsmouth recently, I found a little stall selling their own homemade chili chutney. And that's absolutely stonking. Uh, G- California Reaper chili, uh, s- sort of spicy condiment thing uh it's not really a sauce it's more of a paste but i've been putting that on everything it's incredible um well i'm impressed by the diversity here um i have to say i mean i don't really have one i mean yeah like a bit of salt bit of pepper um and every now and again yeah i'll try a bit of ketchup on that a bit of you know a bit of uh pickle i mean i don't know there's there's no one thing i've heard chip spice i've never i've never tried it but i've heard chip spice it's a sort of northern thing is supposed to be really quite special. Chip spice, yeah, and that's different sounds to good. curry sauce, for example. Yeah, 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 no, it's it's a sort of. Um, I think it sounds a little bit like the the uh, the thing Nick was talking about earlier. That it's uh, a liquid, well, sort of liquid, yeah. um, salty flavored thing. That you put well, there's, there's, a, I mean, the, I suppose the biggest new sauce really over the last few years, I think, has been burger sauce, which. Um, I've only really seen it on sale in in the last few years in in supermarkets to have at home, and and it's essentially uh, the sauce that you get in a Big Mac, as far as I can tell, and that's big now. But you know, people will have chips with burger sauce on it when they go to a, okay. you know, a chicken shop. They'll ask Actually, for chips yeah, my, burger sauce. My, my, uh, if, and I love burger sauce. It goes with it loads of things. Yeah, yeah. Because my ham, but if I go to McDonald's, my burger of choice is a Big Mac. And I always do wonder what well, what's that sauce they because I have not tasted it anywhere else. And the answer is it's burger sauce. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's kind of basically kind of like ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together with with, with a few pickles. Sort of gir- in it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So got that's called, but no, that's got a name. That sauce. So it's called Rose Rose Re- Thousand Island Dressing. No, no, no. There's uh, if you if so they've again this is a Brazilian thing that ranch sauce. No, no, it's called something like. R- Let's just call it rose sauce for a moment. That's not what it's called, but let's call it that. No, that yeah, that's that's Mary Rose sauce for 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 prawn cocktails. Right, which is ketchup and mayonnaise. It is. That's why I said it's basically ketchup and mayonnaise with some pickles in it. Okay. okay. And and onions, yeah. Anyway, 
Um, I feel like this has been a really intellectual podcast. <laughs> We've really gone into depth here. Um, well, look, we need to finish off there. Um, you know, beyond we've already just talked about our personal taste in terms of condiments. Um, yeah, on that note, I think we should just go off and have a hamburger. What do you reckon? Well up for it. Okay. Right. We'll, we'll stop there. Um, we'll report back any findings that we have from our expedition, our research. Yeah. Exhaustive research. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Ragg, Nick Hare, and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Uh, thank you, and uh, happy munching, I guess. Happy condiment sourcing. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.